this is Patricia. And this is Christina. And this is What They're Worth, a podcast exposing the truths of everyday people who are willing to enter the beautiful mess of foster care and adoption. We're glad you're here. Welcome back, everybody, to What They're Worth podcast. It is episode 27. Um, We are back after a hiatus. Uh, Patricia had a baby in that time, and I had a long-term placement during that time. It's still COVID. It's still COVID. Let's blame that always. Yes, always. It's something that we can blame on that. Yeah. So... Um, we're, we're really excited to be back and to be in front of the camera and to see people on the other end and talk about everything foster care and adoption. Yes. So today we have a awesome power couple with us, Brian and Elizabeth, and they are adoptive parents of three boys. And I understand because I have three boys. So we connect and they're from my hometown, Virginia Beach, Virginia, and we have way too many Um, mutual friends and coincidences, (laughs) Um, but I'm very excited for them to join us. They have a heart, obviously, for adoption and older child adoption, and we are very excited to hear their story and hope you will enjoy learning from them. So I'll just let them introduce themselves a little bit and tell you how they got into this world of foster care and adoption and where they are today. Okay. Um, I always knew I wanted to adopt. Um, that was something was important to me. So I knew when I was looking for, you know, whoever God had for me to marry someday, that that would be something I hope they'd share too. And so when I met Brian, we clicked, agreed about that kind of thing. And God took us down a windy path to get to where we are. But um, we decided that we wanted to be foster parents first. And if a child was um, find themselves in need of adoption, then that's something we were open to. But we weren't necessarily saying we're only going to foster just to adopt or whatever. So we just left that up to whatever God had in store. That was what we were willing to do. And uh, the first two um, children that were actually placed with us were a few weeks, I think, away from TPR. When they came to our home, like they knew it was going to happen. So the social worker asked us, you know, we'll place them with you, but it's only if you're going to be willing to adopt. So um, they were moved to our house and it was the point of foster to adopt. So, um, and they were two and just turned four. And they had been in care for not even a year. Um, but they had been through like seven houses. So it was really not because of their, you know, nothing with them, just circumstances right. and, and things like that. And what's crazy, though, is that we met Isaiah that same year about seven months, six or seven months after um, our two little guys were in our home. And so he was 16 when we met him. And uh, we had him for respite. And it was just like, uh, it was the week before Christmas, which was kind of crazy. It was the second respite we did. And actually that day when he came, we had another for respite that weekend. Hers so was ending. The, yeah, hers was ending and his was beginning. And the social worker didn't even tell us the exact times. So we had four kids plus a guest from Malaysia that was hanging out. So we had to take two cars to church because we don't, we didn't have a big party. There was a party there. Yeah. So, but it was so, I loved every minute of it. It was, Aww. I'll never forget that weekend. But anyway, it was interesting and it was fun. And so that's, <laughs> and then we did subsequent um, respite for Isaiah a couple more times. Two times, three times. I can't remember exactly. 
But then there was a long period of not seeing him, talking to him. I don't know if we want to get into that yet. But anyway, you want to say anything? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, she's exactly right. We, you know, when we met and, and were dating and preparing for marriage, you know, the, the talk of children um, was always, you know, adoption was plan A with no plan B. And, um, and so, um, we had, we had originally started, um, looking to adopt, um, in Uganda because we had, we had both been to Uganda together a number of times and, and felt like that there was a real connection there. We had a pastor friend who also ran an orphanage and, and, um, and so we began to, you know, really just started to walk down that road and some circumstances changed in Uganda, which made that much more difficult. And so then we stepped back and we were like, okay, God, what is it, what is it that you're wanting us to do? And, and, um, we had a friend who, um, who had also fostered, um, and they had fostered many kids at that point, but never had fostered a child that would, um, that came up for adoption. And so she was telling us, you know, just be patient. You know, it may be a while. And the yeah. first two, the first, the very first placement, um, you know. Big and we weren't sons. even fully licensed when they call, called us to take our little guys. We'd only, had, we'd only had one of our three home study visits yeah. done. But they were, so they were like. Yeah, the intake coordinator calls us and says, like, hey, we've got two boys, biological brothers, that we think are perfect for you. And I'm on the phone with her and I'm going, we're not. We're not even licensed yet, and she said, "Let us take care of that." And um, and so we, we were finished. licensed when yes. they got them because you yeah. know how stuff moves. Yeah. And we, we went. We finished the process quickly, and yeah. and um, yeah, but you know, like there's always paperwork, and like yeah. they transitioned them here. It wasn't just like you know, right? One week yeah. later, so they're all here. Right? Know that does not normally occur. Usually, <laughs> your paperwork sits for like 25 years, <laughs> and it gets lost like three times. Yes. Exactly. Um, and then right. nobody knows who you are. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, we worked with the awesome I I Bear Foundation is who we were um, licensed to foster through. So uh, they did a good job. So yeah. cool. And we had and and the boys had a the boys had a fantastic yeah, their city worker um, caseworker. So she was she was their caseworker when they were in foster care, and then just as we were transitioning into the adoption process with them, she moved to the adoption. Yeah. And department and she was their caseworker throughout their entire adoption as well we were so, so thankful for that we had so we also I mean, ours is ours with them certainly yeah. is not the typical um you know foster to adopt story so we got to experience the real thing the next time yes <laughs> yeah the challenges came with the second that's right? how it really worked yeah. <laughs> it really was harder to adopt a 21 year old than it was a three and a four year old no lie yes. like it was yeah so. absolutely <laughs> too funny so um you guys were telling us before that you always as you were thinking about adoption had a heart for older children yeah um and then we and when we were licensed with the Bear Foundation, they told us we specialize usually in older children. It's and we're actually therapeutic level foster parents. In other words, you receive extra training to deal with extra behaviors, issues, trauma, those type of things. So we thought for sure our first call would be, you know, for a fourteen, fifteen, whatever teenager. So it was very interesting how it happened. So I've worked with I've worked with youth. Um, I mean, 
in some capacity my entire ministry career. Um, and um, I'm, you know, I'm able to connect with, um, spe- I mean, especially young men. I'm, a, I'm able to connect with them um, I, for one reason, I believe it's just because I, I have zero ability to sugarcoat anything. <laughs> and I, I just shoot straight. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, the reality is everybody wants, you know, people to be authentic with them. And, and, and I am, and sometimes it's not good, you know, mm-hmm. what I'm talking to them about, but they know I'm shooting them straight. And so I've always, I've always been able to connect with, with young people. And, and so when we were walking down this road and, and understanding that we were likely going to be, um, fostering you know, older teens, you know, we were like, all right, this is right up, this is right up our alley. This is right where we felt like God had, had prepared us. And, and, you know, it was a little bit of a windy road to get there. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, here we are. And, um, and so it's, it's always been on our heart, um, knowing that, you know, and we, we did all, we did all the research, read all the statistics, um, the gory, all the gory statistics, and they're horrific. And, um, and, and that broke our heart. Um, and we knew we couldn't, we knew we couldn't do something for everyone, but we knew we could do something for someone. And, and we just, you know, we felt like God was calling it to calling us to that. And so we just said, yes, God. And, and we let him figure out the time. Um, it was, it was, it was a long, arduous, um, trip to get here, but here we are. And so, I mean, we, I know trauma, even a young child, they can't explain what happened to them, but to us, it was like a teenager. They are fully aware of all of that. And that makes it to me that much harder for them, you know, to feel a part of things and feel wanted and loved, you know? So that was always a big thing for me is I just couldn't stand a kid think, Oh, I'm too old. So I get past old, you know, like I'm just not, what is it? You know, it's, it's a child still, you know? So. Mm-hmm. I, and, and we had, we had another young man. Um, so during this entire journey with Isaiah, um, there was a period where we, you know, we had no contact with him for about 16 months. And, and we just assumed that that journey with him was over, but we still had a heart. And, and so we, you know, um, we began to, to search out another, um, you know, young man, um, who needed a home, needed a family, needed somebody to love him. And, um, and we, we actually you know, found a young man that, that, um, by all indications was ready to, to, um, enter into a, a, a familial relationship. And, and, and so we, uh, we had him here in our home for, um, for about three months. And, um, and it was, it was clear that, um, he did not want to be adopted. Um, he, he was just trying, he was looking for a way to get out of the group home he was in. And, and I get that. It was, you know, um, but he was, he was intentionally sabotaging the, you know, his time here. And um, I think that's a thing that's not talked about a lot is that it's hard to work past that, but both people, both, you know, the kid or the child, the whatever have to want to work on it, you know, and he just wasn't ready. He later told 
um, Brian's brother that he just wasn't ready. So Mm -hmm. to me, that's a thing that I would say anybody that's interested in fostering teenagers or adopting a teenager is you really have to be patient and don't take it personal. Like that was one thing someone told me, actually, Anika, Annie, you've, you had a podcast Mm -hmm. with her before. She told me, like, don't take it personal. Like a lot of the things they say and do, they don't even know how to react. It's like, wow, somebody's loving me. What's in it. And that's actually something Isaiah said to us. He's like, it took me a while to accept it because I didn't understand it. I'd Mm -hmm. never had anybody do this. Like just love me and care about me for me like they're just not used to that so I think that young man it was very hard for him to accept it he just wasn't he just wasn't ready and that you know made it that much harder you know because we were ready to give give it but you can't you know force anybody and and that's fine and you know it was 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 really hard hard. it was heartbreaking to to end that that journey with him um but it was um, it was clear that he did not want to be here, um, and he was making it. He was making it really, really difficult um, on us, uh, on Trenton and Troy as well. And so we, you know, um, you know, we reluctantly um, decided not to continue that journey with him, and um, and and then. You know, not much long, longer well, after that. It felt like a longer, but when, okay. when much, we, we reconnected with Isaiah. Oh, that reconnected with him. Yeah. Yeah. We reconnected with Isaiah. And so, so I, you know, I think there was some, some preparation there with, um, with that other young man, um, and that we needed. Um, yeah. And, and expectations like. Yeah, you can't expect it like a three and a four year old that are, you know, love is pretty simple, basic, you know, with the, with a teenager, of course, it's much more, com- or a young adult, it's much more complicated. So, yeah, we we both have experienced um, placements that could have potentially been adoptions um, that did not occur. Um, and I currently have one of my adopted sons is not at home for similar reasons right now. And you know, I think that is not talked about enough, and it's a really hard thing. I know we both wrestled with it so much because you I'm sure you guys did too you don't want to give up on a child you don't want to say oh if you're not behaving a certain way then you can't stay you know but the the more that I thought about it and prayed about it it was like I really wasn't at least me I really wasn't expecting perfection I wasn't expecting a lack of struggle but there has to be some level of openness right to receive a family to receive parenting to at least engage in the process of healing right you know um and that's really where I think both of Christina and I's journeys that did not happen over time and you know there's only so if the person is actively defying any resemblance of again not it's not even about the behavior it's beyond right attitude and the spirit um you know and i know if i was me years ago listening to this i'd probably be like oh i'll never be in that place that would never happen to me i'll be i'll be totally that won't happen to me Um, and i I think it needs to be talked about because it does happen it happens to i don't want to say the best of us but those of us who would never want that to happen right it does yes happen Right. Mine just happened last month and that was oh, wow. 
really hard, you know, to come to that decision. I'm thankful that I had Patricia because we always say on here, like the community is so important because nobody else will get it, you know? And I told her, I felt so judged by like random people. And it's not like she was like, well, what did they say? I'm like, well, nothing. But I just like, (laughs) I I just, I just felt it. Like I just felt it. Like my neighbor, you know, would just be like, oh, that's so sad. She was such a sweet girl. I'm like, yeah, she was a sweet girl, but you know, it just, I guess, yeah. And you just don't know, people don't know and understand. So it was really helpful, even though it was still really hard to have Patricia who had already walked through that, um, totally just understand, you know, walking through that and be like, that sucks. But sometimes like you're validated in what you're feeling and, and the decision that you have to make. Yeah. Well, at that point, when he left, my uh, he was six, I think, at the time. He came to me, my son, and said, when I get to be a teenager, do I have to leave here, too? And that's when I decided, I'm sorry, we're just not going to be able to do this anymore until I can really understand and explain. That just broke my heart. Not that we'd had a ton of kids in and out of here. But he noticed that, hey, this was different. He was here for a few months. Because for the longest time, you know, after adoption, when you have a foster to adopt, um, situation, they don't want to place other kids with you, especially when you've got two, you know, because they, yeah. they're brothers and they can't sometimes, they don't want to place other kids so you have time to just focus on them and so that's yeah. what we were doing, so we didn't even get another placement the whole time, like we'd have some respites and stuff mm-hmm. but when he told me that, I was like no, that that's we just... so hard yeah. when you have younger children, like we had to be really intentional about my adopted daughter um, she's nine and she came to us through foster because she was actually our first placement we ever got and we ended up wow. adopting her four years later four um, years wow yeah. yes four years um but we had to be really intentional when we decided this placement could no longer continue um about how we were going to talk to her about that what what that meant you know it wasn't because of her the Right, placements exactly behavior. It was that she was unwilling to engage and make progress, and it was no longer a safe situation for anybody. Right, but we had to be intentional about how we were going to do that, and you know, and then we have a four-year-old son, and so it's a little less. He's he's pretty 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 used to it Um, (laughs) since he's been born. Pretty much, we've had foster children who come and go, but um, yeah, it's hard when you hear stuff like that from them. and you're just like, oh, man, I don't want them to think that this will happen. Because you don't really want to tell them everything. No. Business. They're too but then you want to explain it. Yeah. So it's like, right. I explain. What I just told, I was like, he just wasn't ready to live here anymore. He mm-hmm. had to go back. And because we, um, he lived like an hour and a half. So we were taking weekend visits. We'd go pick him up in Richmond and then bring him here every Us weekend. Too, before he, too, that was yep. like part of the transition period hour. before he came to live here for the summer. So mm-hmm. they had spent a lot of time with him and it's hard. And I just thought, okay, they're just trying to get secure yeah. and knowing that they're staying here and that this is forever and adoption mm-hmm. means forever and you're adopted now, you're not leaving. So I was just, that's when we decided we just can't foster anymore, which made me sad because like I said, they were our first two. So, I mean- when I say I was a foster parent, I was like, well, I did a respite, but it just felt like I never really got to see a reunification or the way things are, you know, supposed well, to go. It's or whatever. funny how we like to define these terms, foster parent and yeah. adoptive, adoptive parent in our heads, and that we feel like we have to meet some quota to, like, feel like we even have permission to call ourselves that. But yeah. that's 
really not true. Like we wrestle with that a lot. Like she's on a like a, a break. I'm we're pretty much on a break after that long stretch and it was hard. And then you're like, but wait a minute. I'm not doing enough. Yeah. And God's like, you adopted a child. You <laughs> you fostered many children. Or right. even if you didn't, even if you only did it once, right? That doesn't doesn't make it any less yeah, that's kind of what my mom said to me. She's like, "Well, Elizabeth, you did adopt two kids. It's not yeah, like and it, we like don't kids. think that way." Yeah. <laughs> well, that's 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 because you know there's some sense of us that that continues to think, "Well, there's another child out there, mm-hmm. and if I don't, if I don't, who will?" Who will? Uh-huh. And yeah, and people and, torture themselves, go on to adopt U.S. kids, and just look at it and like, I, <laughs> I know. <laughs> So watch all those I, cute videos that I'm talking. I come home from work, and she pull the computer up and 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 just go, oh, let's look at this, you know. And, and and I knew it was torturing her, you know. I mean, um, I, I was good with any of it. I mean, I just. Um, but it all happened to get to a safe place for Isaiah because we don't live in a huge house. We actually made our so den; yes. it's his bedroom. So Tell us how we got to Isaiah. Yeah. So that's so that's how we. You know, that didn't work out because God knew. So um, anyway, like he said, we hadn't talked to him for a while. Um, I don't want to like be disparaging, but uh, he was was with another family that didn't like that he connected with us. And I get that. Mm -hmm. And so they were disappointed and told his social worker he can't talk with them anymore. And so we weren't even allowed to be in his life. And now we're looking Mm -hmm. back at it. He didn't even realize that that's a no-no because what in our state, from what I understand, is once they're 14, they actually have a right to know about what's going on. They have a say-so. If they know a safe, trusted adult that's, you know, whatever, they should be allowed to have that person as a mentor or as just somebody that's a positive influence. And, of course, we were that, but for whatever reason, you know, it all worked out in the end, but it was an awful time. I mean, I cried so many tears thinking, you know, we thought this was going to work out because we actually saw him on the Adopt US Kids website like a month after the last time we saw him. So we thought something had changed. We thought, okay, something's changed, you know? So we put an inquiry in and I a few weeks went by and, you know, I knew things take a long time or whatever, but I got a little impatient and I was like, have you got this or whatever? And then finally somebody from our city um, that we actually knew from the adoption with our two little ones said, yeah, sorry, he doesn't want to be adopted. And that was kind of confusing because one of the last times he was at our home, he told us, well, I'd be adopted, but I don't want to change my last name. I forget how it came up. Like, we didn't say anything like, we want to adopt you. You know, we didn't do any of that kind of stuff because, we you know, that's a no-no. You don't <laughs> approach it that way. But he just said that. So we thought, hmm, that's strange. They're saying now he doesn't want to be adopted. So anyway, he, he subsequently was removed from that adoptive home through no fault of his own. And then went to another adoptive home, which was a bad situation, no fault of his own. So then another one. So it just was very sad for us because we actually emailed the agent, the city and said, well, maybe I shouldn't say city because you told where we were, but anyway, I don't don't care. But (laughs) we told him if you ever in need of a home, he always has a place here. And there's no reason. Like, obviously, you know, the Bear Foundation and their own city thought we were okay enough to adopt two kids. So I'm not sure why you don't think this one is okay because, Anyway, so that didn't work out, and he graduated high school and joined the Army, and we kept in touch with him the whole time. Um, We actually saw him his night before he left where they swear you in at the Capitol and then um, leave for boot camp. Well, hold on a second. Back up. 
We spent we spent his 18th birthday. Oh birthday. yeah, that's right. We call we talked to him on his 18th birthday. I was like, so what are your plans? He's like, oh, I thought I could have dinner with you guys, and Aww. we were happy, but we were sad because we thought, what in the world? It's his 18th birthday. He hasn't seen us in. At that point, he hadn't seen us in a year. No, no, two years. I don't know. It was a long time. Well, we saw him once at Dairy Queen. That's right. But we hadn't spent him <laughs> He went to Dairy Queen. Queen. So we're like, oh, we'll come see you. Because he was 18 at that time. And, no, he no, wasn't right. 17. Yeah. So we am not getting in trouble or anything. You know? So we just we knew where he worked. So we're like, hey, we're going to come out and get ice cream after we leave the beach. So we went and said hi to him. That's right. And then for his 18th birthday, that, that it was hard to not get mad. You know, Because here he is this whole time being bounced around. And then it's 18th birthday. And there's nobody even to take him to dinner or have a party or anything. And we call him up and say, hey. And he's like, well, I thought I could spend it with you guys. So we went out um, with him and his girlfriend at the time for his 18th birthday. And it was like... It just felt like, okay, this is how it was supposed to be or whatever. And so anyway, then he graduated high school and went and joined the army and um, spent, well, before he graduated, he, he, well, right around the time he graduated, he spent, he spent father's day oh, with yeah. us. Uh-huh. Um, and, and then at your parents' house. Yes. And then, um, and then just really shortly thereafter, um, he left for boot camp. we, we were with him the, we were with him the night before, and we were there to send him off with the recruiter up to Richmond, and um, we were scheduled to go um, to his boot camp graduation. But then this big crazy storm came in through South Carolina, and, and it wasn't even <laughs> that bad, was it? Was yeah, it a hurricane? Well, it, was, it, it wasn't was really a, bad. It was a hurricane but... that came through and flooded um, um, the eastern coast of South Carolina, and and. Um, so they canceled that. Um, well, so he, he, he was transferred to his, um, his AIT school in Georgia. And, and so we immediately took a trip to Georgia to, to see him, see him there. We, we, we visited him three times, um, at, uh, at AIT in Georgia. Yeah. Uh, his time. training was longer than most cause he was in, um, IT information technology. So he had a long, a long training period. So, so then we, um, when he graduated, we picked him up. We stayed with him. Um, we did an Airbnb. Yeah, uh, we rented a, a house on a lake to spend some time with him before they sent him to Iraq. And his mama, before she was the mama, told him, you signed up for the Army, they're going to ship you overseas. He's like, no, they're not. What does he get for his du- first duty station? Iraq. <laughs> well, it's Kuwait. They told him Kuwait, and then he gets there. Oh, hi, by the way, you're going to Iraq. <laughs> so... Yeah. Yeah. So So that was upsetting to me because I like I knew like not I mean, he's a big boy, he can make choices or whatever, but for a kid that's been through a lot of stuff, joining the army and military, it's a big adjustment. And then, oh, by the way, (laughs) you're gonna go to Iraq, you know, like it's I was so worried about him. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, so we stayed in contact with him the entire time. I mean they he and he and Elizabeth were were on the phone with each other. I mean, seemingly every other day, um, the entire time he was there and, um, which was great. We, you know, uh, we had great opportunities to, you know, to continue to grow that connection. And, um, and then, um, at one point while he was there, um, you know, Elizabeth had, had, had been doing some research and, and talked to some nice ladies I've met on Instagram that were adopted as adults. And <laughs> they gave and, me some good advice about how to approach yeah. that with a young adult. Sorry. Well, and, she, and when she found out that, you know, because his, 
parents' rights had been terminated while he was a while he was a youth. Um, that now, as he had he had entered adulthood, um, that he had no legal parentage, and and so we you know we broached the subject with him, um, you know, to let him know that because you know without legal parentage, you know, if something were to happen to him, there's nobody who could speak on his behalf. There's nobody who could you know um, care for his you know care for him in any way. And so we we just broached that subject with him about you know what did he want to do about that? You know, we said you could get your you know, your dad or your mom to do that, or, you know, we'd be willing to do that. He said, I I want y'all to do it. And, you know, and and that was, I mean, truly, you know, um, for us, you know, we, we felt like, we felt like we had reached the end of of our journey um, with him um, in that sense. And, and that but, was before he left to go to Iraq. When we went and visited him, when he graduated from AIT, we brought the papers with us for him to sign. And because we went to a lawyer first and said, oh, this is easy. He's an adult. It'll only take 90 days. Ha, huh, no. So then they signed the papers and he was oh, gone. Yeah. But then we find out that because of his circumstances, because in Virginia, we were not like a step parent and we're not biologically related. They actually had to do a home study mm-hmm. just like. Wow. With our little ones. Oh yeah, it was it was the most convoluted, <laughs> um, so you know, journey. But I, I mean, it you know. Um, but it was all worth it. I mean, I did. But it was it, hard. Yeah, it was so, very hard. And he started to wonder because he's been lied to a lot. Foster kids are lied to a lot. They're kept in the dark about stuff. So he wondered if we had changed our mind and hadn't told him. And he, that broke he, my heart. He, he thought maybe thought we changed our mind. We had changed our mind. Because we, he'd asked, so what's the update on the adoption? Be like, well, we haven't heard anything. Well, the lawyer, mm-hmm. and COVID happened. Let's blame that again. It, mm-hmm. it is part of it. That yeah. happened too. So they, you know, that held things up. But we finally got another lawyer, the lawyer that helped us with our um, little two. She got on the case. And then within a, a few months, it was all worked out. But yeah. still, it, it took, it took like, two, two years. years to adopt. <laughs> to adopt an adult. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, it was, it was a long, you know, a long journey and, and there were, you know, there were some things, um, along that journey that we'd experienced with, um, with some of the other, um, youth that had been in our home. You know, we had, we had been told, you know, that as, you know, um, as these children get older, um, that uh, many of them have a, an unrealistic, expectation of, of a return to, you know, a biological family. Um, and, and we had heard that and, you know, we accepted it, you know, um, in our minds. Yes. We, we, we said, okay, yeah. All right. I can understand that. But, you know, until, you know, until that child is in your home and you experience it, it, it doesn't make that 18, you know, 18 inch journey from the head to the heart. And, <laughs> and, you know, and so, um, so it, you know, it, it is a challenge. Y'all, y'all have exper- experienced it as well. I mean, a challenge of, of, you know, unrealistic expectations, um, you know, um, a sabotage, you know, sabotaging, not because, you, you know, you as, as a foster parent are bad people, but this sense of, well, if I give in to you, then I am rejecting my biological family. 
And that was something that one of the young ladies I talked about that was adopted as an adult, she told me, she's like, you just have to remember that you're not replacing anybody. You can never Mm -hmm. see it as a replacement. You know, like you're not replacing their biological parents. So we always try to tell Isaiah, look, we don't see ourselves as replacing anybody. Because honestly, with Isaiah, we told him from the get go, you know, as long as you have (laughs) as long as you have a job or you're in college, you always have a place to stay. Like we didn't need a piece of paper or, a, you know, it means something, but at the same time, we wanted to be there with him for him regardless. We wanted to be a support to him regardless. So, mm-hmm. We felt like he was our son from from the first time he ever visited this house. Um, right. and, um, and he obviously felt connected to you guys, right. yeah. but that didn't erase his questions exactly. and sure. that yearning. Exactly. You guys want to talk about that at all? Yeah, it's... But that was like... It's, been it's been hard for him to know how to balance both and because of the emotions of all the changes you know being 21 is hard enough figuring out what your place in the world is what you want to do for a career who you are and then add trying to assimilate into a new family but try to make sure you still honor your biological family and it's been overwhelming for him, to be honest with you. It's been really overwhelming. And it's been hard on us because, you know, you don't want to be, like, jealous. But, I mean, I'll be honest, sometimes I do feel jealous. Like, you know, I can't ever – I'm not trying to replace anybody, but at the same time, you – you know. I mean, he's you called us mom and dad you, for a long time. but could just fill that spot for them. No. Yeah, so it's just they don't hurt. So that they don't hurt. You don't, yeah, you know, right, I, right. I tell my boys that, like, I – I wish I could just go back and have you just skip all the pain or I yep. wish you could have just come from me, you know, but right. yes. you didn't, you know, exactly. and I, I don't want to take anybody's spot either because I can't, but like, I wish right. <laughs> somehow that could just all be shifted and right. But I can't. Well, see for Isaiah living here now with our two little ones that are 10 and nine, it's kind of hard for him because he has a, a, a older brother that he was separated from and was also mm-hmm. adopted by a, another family when his brother was 14. So I think sometimes he looks at our little two and he, I remember he, I think he said to me one time, he's like, I wish I had just started out when I was their age here. Things would be yeah. so yeah, much better. And it, it made me sad, you know, to think he's missed mm-hmm. out on so much. So there's like a lot of catching up, like, Tonight, he took us out to dinner. That's one thing I can say. People, it's good for older kids. Hey, they can drive you somewhere. They can take you. I mean, like, it was so nice. He, he's, he's got a J-O-D. Yeah. And he, a good one. Yeah. He, <laughs> so. he can drive and take you out to dinner. And it's so nice. You know, there's a That's lot awesome. of nice things about having an older child be a part of your family that, you know, so. Yeah, there, I mean, it, I mean, what she's saying there is, and y'all, y'all, you know, have experienced some of this as well, that, you know, there are challenges and some of them are really, really hard. And some of them are, are, you know, seemingly impassable. Um, but the opportunities to, to have real conversations, you know, with somebody, you know, I mean, when Trenton and Troy came along at two and four, we're not having real conversations. (laughs) I mean, but you know, when Isaiah came along, I mean, this is a young man, mm-hmm. and and though there may have been, you know, some confusion on his part, natural confusion that we all went through at, at those ages, uh, but then, you know, added, uh, you know, other confusions with regard to fa- family and everything, um, 
you know, um, but we were able to sit down and, and laugh and joke and, and have real conversations. And, um, and there's a, there's a connection there that, um, you know, it's, it's magical almost. And, Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, there are a lot of, there are a lot of downs, but the ups, um, the ups are really, really worth it. For us, I think it's been a balance of being respectful, of course, of his biological family. But at the same time, like if something happens that we don't think is right or he's still not treated how we, you know, well, not we, but whatever the average person or would expect, that's something that he's had to learn. He's admitted that I've had to learn what to expect. That's what's mm-hmm. hard about some of these older kids is they don't even really know what real love and not like any of us are perfect at it, but you know, the best we can do is about like, they don't, they, they're so used to settling or not getting enough or that it's, it's hard to know what to expect. So we've had to balance being honest with being kind and loving and supportive at the same time. And we, you know, we try to follow his lead about it. You know, like one time he wanted us all to go out to dinner. Cause like, I want all my family together. So, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. That was hard. Like it was a little uncomfortable. Well, it was uncomfortable. It was awkward. It was awkward, but that's what he wanted to do. And if that's what's going to help him move forward or see how it goes, then we're willing to do that. I mean, as of now, there's not really communication with us and his biological family, which you know it hurts. I mean, I I wish it could all, you know, we could find. I mean, it must be awkward for them too. Like I can understand that, but I I wish there could just be honesty. And that's what I want the most for him is just honesty. Like, I feel like he's been lied to so much. And and that is one thing that's so important to him. You know, he just wants you to be honest. And I think that's what a lot of those kids want. They just want people to tell them the truth. Just don't. And that's what bothers me a lot about foster care is I feel like they need to be told their case. I mean, I think it's crazy that people are sitting around in rooms talking about them. And they don't even, there's going to there's supposed to be an age where they get to, and he's told me, he's like, I wasn't a part of any of that. And I think that's crazy. Mm-hmm. I think once you're mm-hmm. 14, 15, you should get to be a part of and know what's really going on. So. It's tricky <laughs> business because, because we, we've experienced, it's, it's tricky because yes, they should. But then there are also, I mean, I've seen kids who have been in the system for a while. They then are like, well, I have options. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I can, it's, it's damaging to them at the same time because they, because of what they've been through, they know all the pieces and they, they don't sometimes allow themselves to kind of like, when you're growing up, you get mad at your parents, you know, you yeah. don't think. Well, I'm going to go live with somebody else. That right. doesn't cross your mind. Yeah. You're like, I'm stuck here. You know yes. what I mean? Like, you, you just accept it. When yeah. you grew up in foster care, you don't think that. Yeah. You're like, these people suck. I'm out. Yeah. Like you and normal, they suck that you feel about your parents when you're a teenager. Absolutely. But they genuinely are thinking, I'm out of here. Yeah. And I don't have to stay here. And it's there's almost even like, an entitlement spirit sometimes. Yeah. But then you're like, do I beg a kid to stay? It's like, it's, there's so much that is just like, this is so hard. Cause I I mean, I know there were times I had, my foster son was 16, almost 17. I was like, sometimes like, don't tell him that. Like he doesn't need to know. Yeah. Right. It's just, and I think that's what makes it so difficult. Like 
it's not one size fits all. Right. And unfortunately, and I'm sorry to say this, but there are plenty of foster parents who don't have the child's best interest at heart either. Yeah. And so... Yeah. yeah. You know, and social workers too. I'm sorry. There's some that no, I, I understand the job. It's burnt. I, I don't blame them for being, yeah. you know, it's and, hard. I don't know. And I had my, I had the best interests, but did I always make the right decisions? Probably not. Yes. You know, so it's, it's right. just so complicated. It's an, yeah, it's an imperfect that. system. Um, and everybody that's involved in it is imperfect as well. From yeah. the children to the caseworkers, to the, to the foster adoptive families. And I think the majority of social workers really do do think they're doing the best they can. And it's yeah. very hard to balance all that and know what to do. But with his case, I mean, he was in for like 12 years. And I, yeah. I'm not sure he was ever actually told why it was 12 years or why yeah. it took so long. He doesn't even know that. So that's what yeah. I meant. Like, Yeah, I agree. I mean, so, so then there's way too many questions. And over here, they're telling him this. And over these people are telling him that. And I was like, you just need to get your file. You just need to see your file. Or they tell you, the foster parent, to tell them. Yes. Serious stuff when you barely know them. Exactly. Right. Like, why am I here? It's like a night one. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) no. I thought they would have had, they didn't have that conversation. Uh, Yes. No. Yeah, I rode that roller coaster of like really trying to advocate for my last placement. She was 15 when she came to us and had a birthday, but, um, they didn't tell her anything or they, they were treating the case. It seemed to me they were treating the case like it was a young child. And I really, they didn't probably did not like me because me and my husband were just really involved and we were really trying to be an advocate for her. And um, I'd be like, she is waiting for an answer. Like she's in limbo right now. She's cognizant of mm-hmm. like, you know, she's old enough to know I just left my house. I have no idea what's how long I'm staying here, what's going on, what the next step is. Uh-huh. So I was always like, what's the next step? Is there a court date? Like, just yeah. tell me you don't know. If you don't know, and I'll relay that. But then it got yeah. almost to the point where <laughs> it got to the point where where what Patricia was talking about, where she just didn't like that. I had rules. We had rules here. And it was like the normal parent, like, gosh, my parents are so annoying kind of yeah. attitude. And then she just decided she was done. Like she oh. was just, she was like, well. I guess I'll go somewhere else. And yeah. so it, it's it's so hard to yeah. know. Yeah. Like, it, there's no right answer. Like, you, you don't know until you learn, like, oops, that was maybe not the right. It's a, the more, you know, this is episode 27. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people that we talk to, I think, have what we would kind of call a success story. I'm doing air mm-hmm. quotes. <laughs> Meaning it has worked out in some way. Not perfectly. Yeah, nothing's perfect, but you know, there has been some positive resolution and we're always after like, why did that work? But other things in our own, not, you know? Right. And I think so many people, I've noticed this too, that come into foster care and adoption, we tend to have, um, people pleasing, (laughs) perfectionistic, altruistic personalities. Yeah. And you know, we're like, a plus B equals C, right? One plus one equals two. Like, what can I do to equate the outcome yeah. of helping a child or yeah. propelling somebody to success? Um, and I have input those steps several times, <laughs> and I have not gotten C or three. So it's a mystery. And I think, you know, you you learn as you go, and it's not to beat yourself up, beat myself up, but, you know, just to people listening, like, you really can't predict. It's it's an unpredictable, and you guys alluded to it at the beginning. You really, 
you have to try just to be open and Mm -hmm. do your best. And, you know, I mean, you guys thought, Oh, it's not going to work out with Isaiah and God wasn't done, you know? And we, and we don't know. I tell her that I'm like, God's not done. I think it in my own stories. God's not done. I don't know what God's doing. I still have frequent contact with, um, one of my past foster sons who is, struggling a lot but we still have contact you know god's not done i know that's that. awesome that's the hardest um, thing for me is never knowing some what happens like even some respite kids we have i'd love yeah, to know same. where is he now what is he doing you know, i've had a lot of younger children which was funny because when i first started out i thought we were gonna have definitely teenagers because i was a high school english teacher mm-hmm. and i was like i'm good with teenagers like yeah, i think i'm gonna have a male no we have like a 14 year old male and then the first placement they're like we have a four-year-old girl for you i was like what how do you know what to do with a four-year-old um so yeah and and one of our really good friends um last month when i was going through all this just told me like sometimes we are just not meant to like carry something through and be the end answer for something like sometimes our journey is like to pass the baton to somebody else right and that's really hard for people like us right who are like we don't like to pass no (laughs) i'm fine i can do this (laughs) yeah i don't need somebody else like let's just be here i can do it and so but that brought me a lot of peace in that just knowing yeah i'm not going to be the like end solution for everybody and or anything um, but it does. I, we've fostered a lot of young kids, weekends, couple months, and I'm in contact with some of the a little bit older, like 12 and 13 year olds who stayed with us. But the little ones, I have no idea yeah. where they're at, it's what they're hard. doing. That is hard. But Trisha always tells me, like, because we did a lot of emergency, that is just as valuable. You gave them a soft landing for a night or a weekend or whatever, you're still a really important part in their in their story, whether they remember you or not. Right, like, like when you talk about that rules thing, like kids know if you didn't care, you wouldn't have rules. I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, we are not 25 till we accept that, but, and, <laughs> right. you know, but uh, kids notice that. Wait a minute, these people care. That's why they have these rules, you know, so. I think that's one of the, one of the biggest things that, and and even with all the ones that just passed through our home, even if it was for a very, very short time, um, you know, our intention was for however long they're here, we want them to feel like this is their home, that this is a place that they can feel home, which also came with rules, boundaries, limitations. And, and, you know, I had, you know, I, I call them come to Jesus meetings yeah, um, with, Two. I don't know. I was just gonna say, make sure you don't say a name because no, one name popped in my mind when you said that. Well, I, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I had, I, you know, well, I had, I had serious discussions with all of the young men who were in our home. Um, I had come to Jesus meetings with two of them, and but here's the thing: both of those young men, one of them before he left our house, said that if he had. If he had come to our home when he was younger, he would have allowed us to adopt him. And that made us sad because he thought in his mind, I'm too old anyway. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he thought that and yeah. he already, I mean, we couldn't adopt him anyway because he had a plan. He wasn't even from here and they were, he was about to age out and he was signing himself out and going back to live with his, his mom. So he had an idea of what he wanted to do. But the but, second, I mean, and the sorry. second one was the, 
placement that was with us for three months and, and that mm-hmm. didn't work out. And then later on told my younger brother, cause they were connected on Instagram, Instagram. um, that, you know, he just wasn't ready right. to, good. He to was be in our home and to be, to, to be adopted. But yeah. w- the, the thing that I learned from that is, is that, um, Take the foster and adoptive off. We're parents. Mm-hmm. And parents do what parents do. We parent at, at whether they're that whether they share our blood or they don't. Mm-hmm. We parent them the same way because if right. we don't, they notice, mm-hmm. and True. they don't want to be. They well, there's you know there's this sense especially for um, young people who have been in foster care for a while, um, they, they want things to be different. But right. that's, that's, that's at this level. But yeah. at this level, they want things to be the same. They want to be treated as if, as if you're, they are one of your, your own. And Isaiah actually said that to us later that really I thought was so kind. And that's one thing I want to say about him. He is one of the – for what he's been through, it's amazing his – capacity to love and say such kind things i mean most teenage boys i mean because at that time he said it i think he was only like 18 and he said to me you know what when i was there with you guys for once i i actually forgot i was in foster care i was like not to say we did anything i'm just saying like that meant a lot to me that he would i don't say stuff like that um (laughs) (laughs) i'm just saying though for a a young man to say something like that that meant Mm -hmm. a lot to me and that has helped us like I feel like he's expressive and he's willing to talk. And you always got to have hope for that to work through it. And you're talking about passing the baton at the time when we originally asked, inquired about adopting him when he was 16. I don't know. He might not have been ready. And our our expectations of what it could have been like might've been way up here and we weren't ready either. So maybe that's why it didn't happen then. So, I mean, it's, it has happened now and it's a lot of work. And, but it, like you say, it's worth it. And we see a lot of changes and that's why I could say another benefit about an older kid. It's like, you can really see, you know, when they're little, it's going to be a long time before you see the fruit of your labors, you know, like, and they're grown up and, oh, look at them now. But as a young adult, you'd be like, wow, he's really, you know, like the, it's a lot shorter time to watch them grow. And it's just, it's exciting. I think, I think something else that, you know, um, foster adoptive parents, you know, for teenagers especially is be prepared to have the same conversation over and over. That's the same with two year olds. That's over. all kids. Well but but then it, you know, they, they you know, both laugh. I think it's a very reasonable point to make. <laughs> they both laugh because they're they've experienced the same thing. I mean you you know the um they're needing especially boys. I'm gonna go ahead and say especially <laughs> boys. I think girls are a little better. Boys, I swear. It's like they're I don't know details. what goes on. Well, just details. That's just details. Year to year, I don't know what happens. Yeah. Like yeah. we discussed this. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, it's almost you know, asking the same question over and over again, expecting to get a different answer because they're still tr- they're still testing. To see, all right, are you going to be truthful with me? Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah, I can honestly say we've seen that. I felt yeah. that. I felt like, let me see if they're going to give up. Let me see if they're going to change their mind. Let me see if they really mean what sure. they're saying. I'm going to push this button. I'm going to break yeah. this rule. I'm going to do all these things to see if. And and that's something. I mean, I think I think some some foster parents 
adopt foster to adopt parents may not be um, may not be prepared for um, yeah. that they're going to have their limitations pushed and and they're doing it because they they want to see if we're going to be consistent yeah. if right. we're going to be truthful and and I think if whether or not they stay with us or not right that whatever time that is that they're there that if we're consistent and truthful that that will impact them at some point and whether it's you know as you said passing the baton and another family picks up that baton and carries that further um, and that child ends up being you know adopted or or just having a permanent connection with a with a safe and secure family then then it's worth it it really is and right. so yeah we experienced that testing when and my daughter was four and she didn't realize she was I mean, she obviously wasn't cognizant that's what she was doing. I don't doing. think most of them are. Even the yeah, ones. so, yeah. I mean, we experienced that for a year and a half. Wow. Um, so, I mean, and the thing was is we were, I mean, and, and I think you're right. A lot of people who maybe haven't done this before or even just starting out, like, you can love hard, hard, and in the best ways possible, and they still might not accept it. Yeah. Or it might take them a really long time to trust that love mm-hmm. that to trust that it's authentic. Yes. And that's really hard walking in those moments when you're like, I really do love them and I'm trying so hard and I'm being so consistent and I don't understand yeah. what's going on. And, um, but it, it definitely can take a lot of time. I mean, they, like you said earlier, they've been lied to and mistreated in some way and, they're not just going to trust anybody. No. They're not just going to trust anybody. Somebody told me that the number of years they had without you, expect that number after to be when they accept you. And I'm oh, like, yeah. what? Yeah. That's yeah. a long way to go. It's a lot. Because my yeah. oldest was 13, so I'm like, 26. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh. Well, well, they they see, they still think of what I'm doing right now. Yeah. <laughs> He's, yeah, but they yeah. say your brain hasn't fully developed by, what, 24, 25? So... Yep. There you go. So yeah, it's be willing to be yeah. patient. Yeah. And so I mean for some people it's sooner, but yeah. that does help me when I feel impatient. I'm like, if I take that reasoning, like I'm not even actually close to like the guessable right. and the <laughs> ways they show love, like your expectations. Mm-hmm. Like my friend Anika, you know Annie Anika, she saying your expectations. They totally have changed. Like they may be showing you love, you don't mm-hmm. just like that whole mm-hmm. love languages thing. Like you may not see that as love, but yeah. that's a big deal to them to like trust you with certain things, you know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, it'd be simple as like letting you be their friend on their social media. I mean, hey, yeah. you know, they're trusting right. you. They're letting you in. You have to take those small things that right. mean a lot to a kid that's been, you know, yeah. lied to that's so great. much. Yep. Yep. Well, you guys have been awesome. Um, <laughs> Still have you. Thank you. As, as we close, we kind of always like to ask, you know, is there, is there one thing that, you guys want to leave your listeners with if you could sum it all up what's one thing you would want honey to- i don't know if this part's for you can you say just one thing mine's the expectation thing you have to change your expectations you can't have so many expectations just it's a good one just i'd say celebrate little celebrate little wins mm. um i mean and not just privately celebrate little wins together um, and I don't mean expectations as far as like rules and boundaries to be safe. I just mean like 
You can't yeah. expect a kid to move in tomorrow and call you mom or say I love yeah. you or give you a hug or any of those kind of things. You got to be be realistic, um, but yeah. celebrate, realistic. celebrate, celebrate little wins, um, uh, and yeah. they will build upon those. So. It's a good word, man. It's a good word. You're a preacher or something? <laughs> I think so. I don't know. <laughs> well, I thank well, you for having um, us. We felt honored. Thank you. Yes. If you liked today's episode or any of our episodes, we'd really appreciate a kind review on Apple Podcasts or just to share with your friends who you think might be interested in hearing the stories that are told. 